on the show today, top five scary game lists list, Longhorse v. Siren Head, Dawn of Roblox, and off-brand bomb collars in three, two, one... Hello, and welcome to Total no. Pebble Spookdown! No. no. It's the spookiest time of the year. Alex, roll with it. We're moving forward. <laughs> uh, I quit. Bye. Oh, sorry, I had a frog in my throat. Sorry. Oh, oh, what, what I meant to say, what I meant to say, everybody, was that we, uh, welcome to Total Pebble Knockdown. Uh, it's not not total spoopy not to knock down. It's not what it's called. But if you like it, we'll rebrand. We're not really uh, married to anything. Uh, welcome to the Halloween episode of the show. All Hallows Eve, whatever you'd like to call it. Those are different things, I know. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> I know that these are different things. Uh, Dio de los Muertos, also a different thing. Yeah, that's the Day of the Dead. That's also a different thing, yep. That's Any, totally different. That's uh, totally different. Samhain, though. Samhain, yep. Yep. Which I think one time I pronounced as Samhain, and everybody gave me a dirty Yeah, look. no, it, it's it's written as Samhain. Yeah. It is Samhain. It is Samhain, yeah. So, that's like, you did what now? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes I pronounce things phonetically when I don't know how to pronounce them. We are going to be doing this show right before Halloween, and so we have some spooky topics for you. Then I think we're doing a live stream the night before, which I believe is All Hallows Eve. Yes, it would be All Hallows Eve. Yes. Uh, we'll We'll be doing that live stream. We're gonna try to figure out what we're doing for it. Yes, we are going to figure we that sh- out. We should be doing a uh, live YouTube thing on there and in the Discord if anyone wants to join us. Hopefully we don't do the thing we did last year, which was bobbing for apples on a really old website. That was amazing. It do was not, terrible. Do not even at me about that. That was amazing. <laughs> the bobbing yes. apples part. But no, actually, we are totally just doing that again. Oh, <laughs> it's just that again. No, no, I'm working on figuring out which game uh, I was I was gonna stream. I have a few options right now. I was either thinking about doing Subnautica Below Zero um, because that's Subnautica is actually kind of spooky. Below Zero, I have not played. If I was looking to go a little old school, which I kind of would like to, um, I also have Stalker. Shadow of Chernobyl, which is uh, sort you know, of like a You know what would be great game. is any walking simulator game would probably be really good. Oh, yeah. Walking simulators would be uh, good if I can find one that's suitably uh, spooky. And suitably not um, FPS wobbly. Well, like, I, I would suggest ones that I really like, like uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, but that's not really a spooky game. Well, we'll figure it Places. out. We're, we're going to have a chat. It'll be a, 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 the TPK Halloween party We'll look in my magical bag of tricks and see 
we'll do a we'll do we'll, <laughs> we'll do a viewing party. It's we'll fine. do a viewing party. That's right. Everybody bring your champagne <laughs> and your cheese and crackers. We'll have a viewing party. First topic, weekly muse. Uh, so, like we mentioned, we are coming up on Halloween, and the first thing that you usually see in the news around Halloween is a bunch of news outlets talking about the scariest games you can play right now, or of all time. It is almost a, a, a tradition <laughs> that you... Almost like they're do. scrounging for things to do. Yeah, they're looking for content, and it's easy content to make. Top 10 lists? Of course we can do that. Oh my god. <laughs> on topic, but off topic. Yeah. I was last night trying to listen to something on uh, my break from work. Yeah. Uh, so I put on some YouTube video and I was like, mysteries. I think this channel is called Chills. Uh, they have like okay. 5 million subscribers. So I was like, okay, so this looks like just conspiracy level top 10 lists scary YouTube videos or whatever like that. Sure. I'm like, sure, okay. Let's. The person had the worst voice really? ever. Okay. The inflections mm -hmm. and the way they speak. Holy crap. You know that typical like surfer dude type speech pattern? It was kind of like that mixed with Valley Girl. Like, kind of like this? Yeah, actually just like that. Sweet. The like, entire video. The whole time? The entire 17 minute run time. Right. And like, how do you have 5.7 million subscribers if you're going to talk like this to the whole video? Holy well, God. you know, like, sometimes we want to have, like, chill conspiracy hour. Like, all right, all right, all right. Like, it's Matthew McConaughey, but on surfing. Yeah, it was just, it's just bad. If you, <laughs> if you get a chance to check the channel out to see the train wreck that I was telling you about. <laughs> Maybe that's why everyone signed up. Maybe? Everyone subscribed for the train wreck. Maybe. <laughs> I looked down through the comments and there was a lot of people being like, dude, your voice. <laughs> <laughs> or new host just started. I don't ask for much. I just ask for normal speaking type voice or a decent voice to do things. Sure. Not surfing valley girls. Oh, yeah. Totally surfing valley girls. Speaking of which, I was looking through a lot of these uh, lists. They actually start uh, at, like, the beginning of October. Like, pretty much October 1st comes around, and they're all of a sudden, like, it's that month. <laughs> Let's just capitalize on that. It's just odd, too, because so many of them are mainstream outlets. They're, like, just regular news outlets that then, are you know, take the opportunity to do a digital version where they talk about different games. And I noticed that there was a pattern. There's a few that tend to crop up a lot. So I made a small list of my own. So I, I guess this is scary games that typically come up on scary game lists. I feel like you're going to try and title this segment that, and we're going to change it in post. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could do this. Here are six games that show up most often on scariest game lists. Yeah, you could replace that that host. Oh, good. Perfectly. I, I would love to have a YouTube channel. It's a little deeper than your voice, but you know, it's fine. I can go down like, here if that would help. 
Will this no, be that better? sounds weird. I You're got possessed like by a devil. Fixed gameless yeah. for you to be like, hello, hello. Uh, ripping so hard on this guy. I'm sorry. That's okay. He makes more money than we do. It's That's like... true. That's true. I mean, let's face it. He needs to afford those creepy surfboards in the valley. The seven that I found come up most often. And you're probably familiar with them. Uh, Alex, you probably haven't played most of them. I haven't played some of them. But uh, you've probably heard of them. So, uh, Heard of games. You've heard of games? Okay, good. Games. So the, the one that you see so often is uh, Resident Evil 7. Oh, yeah. Resident Evil's always on one of those lists. Yeah, some version of it. Sometimes it's 4. Uh, comes up quite a bit. Sometimes it's the original. I had heard a lot of people use 2 as an example. Yeah. Uh, the remake, at least. The, the remake that they did recently. Um, but 7 seems to be the one that comes up most often. Um, gotta be... I, I, I played some of 7. Like, I actually did did play that for a while. I'm going to be honest with you. I was bored. I'm sorry, folks. I just, I, I got to a point after the first few encounters, because there really aren't that many enemies. They focus on the actual individual characters in that one that you're fighting. There's just a point where they kind of, like, throw that out the window, and they're kind of going, okay, well, now you go into the cellar, and there's these, like, goo monsters that attack you. And all of that ammo that you might have saved up, now you gotta, like, unload all of it into these goo monsters, and they just keep coming at you. And... I, I tried it once or twice, and I died a couple times, and then I was sitting there like, do I want to go back, because I got to go through this whole segment again, and it wasn't that I was terrified of the monsters, it was like, I don't really want to have to go and do the whole segment again. Um, yeah. I, I just don't want to. And so I spent the next, like, five, ten minutes just seeing if I could shoot out the lights in the hallway. Could you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, you can't. Bad environmental design. Fail. I wanted to Sam Fisher this, and I couldn't. I was really, really sad about that. Uh, Alien Isolation. Okay, I have heard of that one. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, have you... You haven't played it, though. No, I probably haven't played any of the games on this yeah. list of yours, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, you are familiar with the concept, though. Yeah, isn't that the one where you are hunting... No, you're trying to hide from the alien, right? You are trying to hide from the alien, yeah. Okay. You're you're playing Ellen Ripley's daughter and okay. uh, going on to a space station to try and figure out what happened to her, I want to say. And there's an alien and replicants and stuff like that that you have to deal with. Uh, the concept is cool. I'll give them that. The concept that they actually... I don't know if you were aware of this, but they the game designers talked about it. There's actually two different sets of AI that go into the alien itself that actually like one controls the movement and then one controls like the learning process of like okay. uh, how the alien starts to uh, learn your patterns and movements and stuff so that you know if you always go into a duct it starts looking into ducts and stuff like that but it, it controls independently from the normal movement of it very interesting stuff uh, also tried playing it also got bored I feel like this is going to be a common refrain for me. <laughs> wow, you mean these games aren't keeping the tension and pacing up? I pieced out on that game before the before really the alien became a main figure. Because before that happens, there's this long stretch where all you're really dealing with are either these raiders that just have guns that will kill you instantly, 
or you have the the replicants from the movie series the the, the droid creatures that again will run up to you and just start punching your lights out the second they get a hold of you i got through one of these giant sections where i had to get in and out of a section where I, you, you can barely kill these things anyway. So just run past, just try to get away from them as fast as right. possible. I get past this whole section, this whole area. Great. So happy. Finally did that. Walk a little ways. One of these androids on the floor grabs my leg and kills me. The last save point that I was at was at the beginning of that long Jeez. section. Before I had to go through all of these other... And I was like, nope. Done. <laughs> I don't even care about what happens with the alien anymore. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Again, folks, you're going to make a horror game. you got to be better with these save points. <laughs> you got to do this a little bit better. Auto-save me or something when I load into a new area. Just give me something here. Because yeah. I, I'm sure your alien things were cool but I barely even touched on it. The, the queen showed up for like two scenes that were very short and basically just went after all the other characters. I barely had to deal with it. Not my it. problem. Not my problem, exactly. Oh, it, it, oh, the alien went and killed all of those rebels that were trying to kill me. Oh no, whatever will I do? <laughs> other raiders' problems. Um, so that was, that was a problem for me. Okay, uh, Outlast. Have not played it. I'm familiar with it. Haven't played it. No. Barely familiar with it. I know the name. I have no idea what the game's about. As far as I'm familiar with the game and the series is, it's one of those where you're not really going to be killing the enemies so much. You're hiding from them okay. the entire time. You're trying to outlast them? Yes, exactly. I think that's why <laughs> they called it that. Just trying to get through, I, I believe it's supposed to be either like an insane asylum or a prison that you're going through in the in the games. And it's like, yeah, no, I can understand why that would be scary. Uh, but also, I don't want to play that. <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't feel like it was going to be as feature rich just because uh, th there is a lot of the, the hiding involved. I had very little interest in playing like straight up horror games like that. Yeah. Yeah similar fashion until dawn a little familiar. again familiar with the name yeah never played it narrative driven like horror story uh telling where a lot of the characters will probably die by oh okay it's like watching a horror movie with teenagers got it yeah exactly it's exactly it is basically like that shows up a lot on these lists little nightmares Two. I've heard of that one. I think I've seen it. It's not your traditional horror type game. I think a little bit more than the original, which I, I did play for a little bit. Also got bored. Um, <laughs> That's a theme. It's a very good theme. Yeah, I, I heard that the second one is a little bit more horror focused than the first one. Um, the first one, when I was playing it, kind of reminded me of, like, if you're familiar with games like Inside or, uh, uh, what was that? Limbo or ones like that. Sort of like that kind of a game, but with a lot of horror elements to it. Okay. The way it was well, I mean, Inside 
didn't necessarily not have horror elements. It, it, it the story was very much so told through the art, yes, and the background. Yeah, to that one. yeah. It, it it shares some similarities too with those other games from like Play Dead, where it's not really like the narrative is not really told to you. It is basically shown to you. Right, and I think that's not a bad thing for horror-type no. element games, because uh, showing rather than telling can be very, very well done. Oh, yes. And if we were to give examples, yeah, those those would probably be the best ones. I did get very confused by the end of those games, but uh, <laughs> I still cannot really explain to you what the hell the ending of Inside was supposed to be about. <laughs> Stuff and things. Stuff and things, and giant blob monstrosities of a whole bunch of uh, body parts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there were some pigs around. Looked at me weird. Little Nightmares 2, though, I heard was a little bit more horror-focused. That's also a very recent release, so it's probably the reason why it shows up on a lot of these lists, um, because we have short-term memories. <laughs> True. And then the one, I think this is hilarious, though, but I saw it so often, Phasmophobia. Well, of course. A, that's really new. <laughs> B, it's really popular. Um, and it's a social game, so you can play with your friends. Yeah. I don't know if it's as much scary as it is kind of hilarious. <laughs> so I did watch someone uh -huh. recently who had played it in VR. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that, no. I'm out for that. <laughs> I am out for that, yeah. And so in VR, everything is built really... And this person I've actually been recently watching on YouTube, but uh, in VR, the game is really well done because everything is built to scale mm. as if it's properly scaled for a human, not just a video game character. Oh. So all the uh, structures in the house are the proper size. Oh, okay. Which is great, because it gives you a sense of, oh, this is realistic. Yeah. This is somewhere I could be. Yeah. And then in VR, it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's really good. If anyone's wondering, that is uh, a YouTuber named The Librarian. Oh, okay. I believe. He does, uh, I've been watching a lot of Gmod uh, horror and liminal spaces videos that he does, like exploration stuff in Gmod. Mm. Um, it's really interesting and, and neat, uh, and just commentates over uh, all of it. But the Phasmophobia one, he played by himself because he's just kind of checking it out for the first time, and mm -hmm. a couple, a couple decent jump scares for him there. Oh yeah, um, that he did not expect, which is great. He goes into them blind, but yeah, he was like, "Wow, in VR, this is really cool because everything's built to scale, and like, it feels like you're there." Right. So in VR, Phasmophobia, a bit more on the horror point, I would say. Yeah. And I think, to be fair, horror VR would be way different than these top ten lists of scariest games. Oh, yeah. like, oh no, you want scary? Let's get you this VR title that's actually well done. Yeah. And have you, sh have you shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen this game? I, I saw it in VR and I was like, no, this is going to be a hard pass for me, too. It was, like, called Shark Attack. It's a <laughs> VR game where you're in the shark cage. And, like, a, a, like this ravenous shark keeps trying to get into the cage, and you have to fend No, off. I haven't seen that one. I will say that uh, one of the things the librarian has mentioned, too, that water in VR 
uh, he already doesn't like water in video games, like getting having to go in water. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, in it. horror games, because it's like, ugh, it's a yeah. weird feeling. But he's like water in VR though. You can he, you can just see his arms come up. Oh yeah. You... At, when he's with the with the things in his hand, you see his virtual reality arms come up because he's walking into the water, and yes. you f- see it sensory and you hear it sensory. Mm. So the arms just come up in front of him, like, ah, oh, it's water. It's cold. And it's just kind of hilarious, but it's like, all right, that's fair, though. Yeah. That's absolutely fair. That is fair. Oh, you know what I did? Just just sidebar for a second. Since we were talking about librarians and we were talking about VR, here's a thought that I had. Wouldn't it be amazing if they had a VR adventure that was just silence in the library from Doctor Who? That'd be terrifying. That would be amazing. That'd be great. That would be incredible. That's that's an adventure all on its own, where you have to explore the library. You have to stay out of the shadows. You start seeing your hands start to disappear in front of you. Yeah, that would be amazing. I I, I would play that just because I need to know that it exists. <laughs> yeah, it exists. And then uh, the the other one, it's I guess it's an honorable mention because I have seen it all the time. But PT obviously yeah that makes the top of everyone's list despite not being available and only being a never being a game playable teaser yeah and any system that has pt on it is worth Mega a money. lot of money <laughs> yeah if we had only known alex right yeah if i had only all cared the ps2s download it disconnect all of them <laughs> was it ps2 or P- i think it was ps3 ps3, was PS3. It P- I suppose it's, it's, it's I don't even understand like I get it it was just I've seen it played I guess yeah people are just really big fans of what was going on for that short short teaser of a game for anyone who isn't familiar with it listening uh basically PT was the short trailer that people thought was supposed to be a teaser for like Silent Hills um uh, that that they were making and it was all in first person perspective and it had quite a pedigree behind it right wasn't was that Hideo Shijima that was working on that or maybe or Guillermo del Toro I thought that there were a few people that were working on oh, it oh I feel like it was the first one you said who I just forgot the name of now <laughs> Hideo Kojima Hideo Kojima yeah. yeah I think it was Kojima yeah. that allegedly was working on that never played it won't get my hands on it wouldn't really want to because i think there's a talking bag in that scary stuff. are you against talking bags i'm against talking bags when there's obviously something that looks bloody inside of them that oh. you will never really see oh because i start to wonder if it's the thing inside the bag that's talking to me through the bag maybe <laughs> or if it's the bag itself the bag was the villain the whole time BBEG is brown bag evil guy. (laughs) Brown bag evil guy. (laughs) Hope you pack a lunch of murder. Do you think it's kind of odd, though? Pretty much, like, every news outlet, regardless of whether they do video gaming or not, like, they they take the opportunity to say, hey, here's scary games we've heard of. They just want to be able to be noteworthy in October. Everything becomes fall themed or pumpkin spice latte themed <laughs> or, you know, it's all about the spooks and the scary and stuff like that. So I can see why they do that. Even us right now are doing a more spooky theme. You know, we're doing that type of stuff for this. Just kind of the season thing, I guess. Kind of like around Christmas, everything does. Well, not everything, but everyone does like holiday stuff yeah. around uh, December. Do you know if these places do, like, the top ten 
romance games for February? I bet they do. I we bet they don't because it's probably like, yeah, this one's an adult dating simulator. Oh yeah. Although I do remember like around February uh, that they usually do have some some places that will talk about uh, dating games or Valentine's themed games. We might pick that up in around that time. And yeah, because Nathan loves lists. dating sims. Someone somewhere will have like the top ten dating sims. And it will always have Doki Doki Literature Club on it. It's inevitable. And probably top. if they're if they're worth their salt, lovers of ether. It'll be the top ten uh adult dating games. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And it'll just be your sidebar advertisements on some yep. websites that still have advertisements on the side oh, yeah. for adult themed stuff. <laughs> and you're gonna be like, ooh, cringe. <laughs> Exactly. Hot singles in your area. <laughs> oh man, we should do a we should do a top ten list of the top ten hot singles in our area. That'll be scary itself. Yeah, it certainly would. And most of them are imaginary. All uh, of them. All of them. All of them are imaginary. But anyway, so uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what uh, in a couple months when I revisit uh, <laughs> the list of holiday themed games. <laughs> And what people think are scary, because I got to be honest with you, I've probably played scarier games than that, uh, which we'll pick up in a later segment. Discord discussions. We need like individual theme songs for these, but we have a we have a background music that is the interlude there. It, it's the whole thing for the whole thing. Uh, Discord discussions. So. You might remember that on the very first episode of TPK, we uh, talked a little bit about Roblox. We did. And how it's a hellscape. Or a hexscape. A hexscape. That's right. Not a six-sided scape, but a hexscape. Very important to make that clear. One of the things that we touched on briefly, I think you actually brought it up. I I did. (laughs) If only you had known. If only I had known. Uh, you had brought up that there are, like, full-blown cults in Roblox. and Allegedly cults, yes. Cults. And, uh... For those of you listening to the audio-only version, that was an air-quote cult. Sorry. Quote-unquote, quote cults. <laughs> quote cults. Quults. Quults. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the name of the episode, is quults, and everybody has to figure out what that means. Okay. So... After that, we had some people in our Discord that were like, hold it a second, Roblox cults? <laughs> and I was, we were like, yeah, yeah, I need like a whole thing on that, folks. I need a whole yeah. thing. This is, this is the sort of perfect thing where we mention something and people are like, no, 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 you need to expand on this. And we're like, oh, okay, we can do that. Yeah. So. This is your fault. Yeah, it's your fault. Not you, Nathan. I'm with, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Oh, listener. I know. Yeah. You there. So here's how that shook out. <laughs> I, uh... I Nathan's had to go been and, on a rabbit hole. I had to go and watch things that are not in my normal viewing uh, window. Uh, and now your YouTube algorithm is all fucked up. It is just out the... I can't... I, there's nothing I can do about it now. <laughs> to find out about Roblox cults. 
and um to be fair i i did i have listened to some stuff about them as well so it's not good. just you nathan don't worry okay good. i think you did a little bit more heavier research on your end but i've also listened to a bunch of videos beforehand which is why i brought it up okay like yeah. somewhere in their gamers has a couple dealing yep. with roblox cults um a couple other people Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah. I watched one really like it was actually it was supposed to be funny. It was definitely a funny one that I'll I'll link to in the description because if you're if you're into like the the tangible part but you don't want it any like spooky or you don't want to get too disturbed by anything. It was uh, the the scariest Roblox cults and it uh, talked about the shy the cute shy uwu cult the furry baptist church and the jake paulers and oh god <laughs> so if that sounds entertaining to you i'll uh, i'll try to link that because that was that was fun that was i would like to become a member of the what was that first one the uwu cult the cute shy uwu cult if you have Can you not... edit on the screen so i've got like blush and yeah, then I'll the... get it. yeah i'll thanks. get you i'll get you i'll get you the blush <laughs> it'll be the uwu that'll be the <laughs> thumbnail it is it is i forget i forget who she is the whole thing that she did for that video was absolutely hilarious where there where she was pulling up quotes for all of the terrible things that the uwu cult had to do about all of it oh oh, oh yeah and and the terror the terrible things and it's this just like just horrible horrible scenario of all the terrible things the cultists had to do but all the r's are replaced with the w's in the entire book it was horrible oh my god <laughs> yeah it was amazing but that's probably not what people think about when they no. think about roblox cults um boy i hope not yeah or i hope so maybe who knows I prefer not to engage too much with it, um, but uh, some of the things I noticed, there's a lot of long, creepy hallways in the in these uh, these cult scenarios. You kind of go down these long, creepy hallways that have like, you know, there's a lot of teeth involved. Like there's the teeth coming out of walls and there's supposed to be an altar at the end or some place you jump off of and listen you don't need teeth to make a hallway creepy it's just a hallway you just need dim lighting oh yeah and ending you can't see yeah it's, it's called it's called liminal spaces yeah okay you don't need elements of horror you just need elements of slight nostalgia and mm. vague creepiness Okay, uh, well, they they did achieve that, but then they also put some teeth in there. People love the teeth, um, and the eyes, oh. just random eyes in the sky and stuff like that. Um, one of the things I found, uh, with without getting into the the specific cults, is boy, there's a lot of like the urban legend and like the internet meme characters that come into play. Um, like Siren Head and Long Horse, which are I have no idea who Long Horse is. Yeah, no, and those those are actually two <laughs> two uh, characters in in a milieu of a whole things from a Canadian horror artist known as Trevor Henderson. Um, okay, I know Siren Head. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know Long Horse. Yeah, Long Horse is a long horse. Imagine a horse's head. Wow. No, imagine a uh, horse's head that's like on a giant snake body. No. <laughs> Too late. No. 
I'm familiar with like Slenderman and the Slenderverse. Sure. Siren Head. Yeah. Things like that. Okay. They, yeah. It's it's all the anyways. The upside down face man. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Upside down face. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, just a, a whole bunch of stuff that probably uh, came out of a live journal or something. <laughs> that Some somebody... Tumblr blog. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, so yeah, anytime you see like a, a like a new age horror icon it just it, it infests itself in there i saw some battles that were literally a battle between long horse and siren head and you like are you're, you're one of the arbiters of the various thing all right then it's crazy there's also probably the most notable one uh was there's a cannibal cult yeah, yeah. it's a sister's covenant that's a, that's a whole thing. But the thing I found so hilarious is when they get to the part where they explain what the cannibalism is supposed to look like in the game. It's oh, like, yeah. It's amazing. It's like, I, for the people who are looking at audio, you're not going to be able to describe this, but if I have my hand here and I'm making my hand into a fist and this is the top of my Roblox man and this is the bottom of my Roblox man and I, I stand over somebody, the, my Roblox man just kind of goes like this over the top and it looks it looks so hilarious <laughs> the entire so time but they actually thought to program in that like human flesh has like restores an amount of hp <laughs> in the game oh yeah it's because people make those worlds they can program oh, yeah. those those game worlds essentially to do whatever Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And that's the thing, it's people spend time and energy making these things, and it's so weird. And then they put all the energy into the lore and the story behind it, mm -hmm. um, and I believe one of the links you showed me was like a, a Roblox wiki or something like that, oh, yeah. essentially, of the, uh, the mythos, as it were. Yeah. And there are cults that are like stories that take place in the world, but they're not necessarily like cult cults right but they call them kind of cults and then there's the myths and legends and stuff there's the the cult family is one right. of the most famous mythoses and those are all like they they have individual characters that are their name after with cult after it and that that's a whole lineage of people and and what happened to them and stuff like that like an actual story arc that i don't really care about but it's fascinating that <laughs> <laughs> that they made that i did get incredibly concerned for humanity i think though when i was looking through this i understand the notion of like trying to use creative tools to try and make stories and and you know worlds there's a creative pursuit in it i'm just confused as to why people thought to make this stuff these people are cringy <laughs> So it's not just me. Um, no. Okay. I uh, I get I get a little bit concerned. I think the other thing is like I was watching that and I felt a general sense of unease usually when I was watching a lot of people play those, but I never really felt like scared or more importantly I never had like the sensation like I would with either real cults or you know th th those sort of things or just the general idea of like urban myth like right. the ones that we've come up with over over many many millennia uh things that just that kind of like inherently hit you as scary yeah um the those stories about like wendigos 
or you know vampires. Wendigos are terrifying. Wendigos are terrifying. They are. Um, and maybe it's the thing I have a, a little bit of a problem with when I see a lot of like the newer creepypasta kind of characters. In- yeah, skin- skinwalkers. Skinwalkers, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love those types of creepy things. Like we we've talked before about mm. like uh, my love of creepy but not horror. Cryptids. I think You're- I don't even care about cryptids necessarily. No, like a lot of them, Mothman. Oh yeah. Some of them are just really dumb to me, but others are really interesting. Like, again, Skinwalkers and Native American legends like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Wendigo with Skinwalkers. Things like that that are, like, subtly really creepy, and it's, like, coming from a place of um, myth in the real world kind of deal. Not, like, Bigfoot. Bigfoot's, like, okay, sure. But, like, Native American... uh, religion and superstition and that type of thing is really interesting because it's um (laughs) as white americans uh (laughs) we're not as in touch with that part of culture necessarily in other area yeah Yeah. well from from, it's same as if you were to go um talking about some japanese type mythos and uh the oni and stuff like that it's it's very interesting because it's not your culture yes necessarily so you then go, all right, these are things that culture believes in or has mythic, uh, like in the past believed in. Mm. And those are interesting, even if they're most likely not real things, but it's fun to think about that stuff. Oh, um, sure. So I like the creepy more than I like the horror because it's, as you said, a Hollywood with teeth and eyes. Okay. Meh. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's- I get the visual aesthetic is creepy. Yeah. It doesn't hit you in the same way that some stories do, uh, where where it feels like visceral, like it yeah. It's not you. something you would necessarily ever have the chance of encountering in real life. Yeah, and it's so it hits so much harder when it's something that you can experience for yourself in reality. Oh yeah, and I mean it doesn't have to be real, but if it's that's the liminal spaces thing, the um exploration stuff in VR I was talking about uh, before is alright these are places that can exist they feel yeah. like they're places that are real sometimes mm-hmm. they're modeled after real places Right. Um, these hit harder because they're like yeah that's familiar yeah that's creepy yeah. Um, yeah. one of the places like that uh, for me is like the back rooms if you're familiar with the concept uh, the creepypasta no Look it up if you haven't. Okay. If any of you have not listened to anything or seen anything about the back rooms, it's kind of a weird, creepy pasta thing. But also the concept, of the picture is a liminal space as well, so it's just off-putting slightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but interesting, interesting because yeah. it's like it's a familiar place, right? Feel. Yeah, it, it's like when people say one of the scariest things is like if you go into a room and everything's moved to the left one inch. Yes. Yeah. Kind I think of. that was um, Stephen King who said that, isn't it? I think so. I think so. But whoever said it was right. Um, there is actually a really good podcast. Um, is it ours? It, well, <laughs> no. uh, specific, specifically on like the the uh, you know the the mythos that you know springs up, which was called Lore 
from Aaron Mankey. Okay. And uh, lore, lore is a really good one because every every one of those episodes are about those like legends and myths about things that are just kind of like just a little bit off to the side. A lot of it though based on actual stuff, <laughs> um, actual truths. One of the ones that stuck with me though was when they were talking about a story about a guy that was um, in the woods, took his dog out uh, to for, for a walk and gets to the cross gets to a crossroads and in the light of one of the street lights uh, out by the woods there's like this little little creature that's kind of like hunched over and sort of like beckoning him and the dog to come over by them and he, he doesn't go he runs home <laughs> and he never sees them again but that there's like similar stories about creatures that are in the woods of course like the woods are that. scary as hell woods are terrifying by their very <laughs> nature a lot of a pl- lot of these stories are in places that are creepy anyway and then you get get into the yeah yeah hey roblox creators all you that are listening because we probably hashtagged roblox in this one again make a creepy world that is like in the woods the depths of the woods yep like a cabin in the woods it's, don't give any reason for it to be there and then vague ambient sounds off to the side don't show anything terrifying don't give you any real lore behind it give mm-hmm. you vague little hints of things that is far more terrifying and oh, yeah. creepy to let your mind wander Oh yeah, uh, than it is to tell people outright what's right. going on yeah you don't even have to have a jump scare or a creature in there. You just have it's, the cabin and then the woods surrounding it. It is so much better, in my opinion, to have the tension and the expectation of something yeah. than to actually deliver on that because then you just let the... Ten- as long as you're good ab- about it, the ambience can really... Again, these VR videos too, it's let your world design and your um, sound design speak volumes yeah literally for you yeah yeah it sure can um, one of the th- one of those things that he did in one of those uh maps on the gmod maps was the game supplied him with a weapon like right out mm-hmm. it's like okay but now i have the expectation i'm gonna need this so now i'm on my guard right <laughs> right yeah i don't remember if he ever used it but it's like i have this gun and now i expect to have to use it Oh yeah. So not having to use it is like wait, you're constantly on edge waiting for that thing you need to, to use it for. Right, right. I uh, I almost always when I get into a game, I start thinking to myself, okay, have they given me something to use in combat? If they've given me something to use in combat, I assume there's combat. If they have mm-hmm. not, I'm probably going to assume that there is not. But then if I have something I have to run away with and I do not have any combat ability or skill... I assume that I guess what I'm doing is hiding or running away. Usually the the yeah. setup and the premise. Uh, Alien Isolation ironically actually does give you weapons, but good luck. <laughs> yeah. See, give someone a weapon and don't expect them to use it or don't give them a reason to use it and it's, it's a lot scarier or a lot more fear-inducing than giving someone no weapon and them needing to have one. Oh my god you know I was just thinking about go go back to that cabin in the woods scenario that we're building for the, for the mod 
I, I had this idea that like on the edge of the game world that you have, you, you kind of like look back and on the back of one of the trees is like a bloody knife that's like just stuck into the tree. And you just, no explanation as to why. But then I thought, oh, you know what would be even like crazier? Is that- If you can take the knife? Oh, no, no, no. You start in the cabin and you're holding the knife. Oh. And you have no idea why. That would be good. That would be... You're holding the bloody knife, and the whole thing is just trying to figure out what happened here, and why am I holding this? Yeah, it's just a bloodstain soaked on the floor, streaking outside. Yep. Yeah. And then a drag mark. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? What did... Did I do something? Did someone else do something? Is someone else around here? There's... That, and that's like a micro game. You don't need that to be big. You don't need to be that long. That can be like a 30 minute game of just that exploration story. So there you go. That's way, that's way creepier than a horse than a horse head on a snake. Way creepier than the cannibal cults in Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> and what? And uh, uh, although probably not as uh, scary as the Jake Paulers. Probably not as scary no. as Jake Paulers. I'm gonna give them that. That is uh, terrifying. Don't. Uh, don't go there if you want to live. So while I was looking through all those articles, looking at uh, all the games people thought were scary, um, <laughs> came across an article that was from Game Informer, and it was about how horror can enhance non-horror games for the better. Um, and I... I didn't really need to read it because I knew what they were talking about and I was you didn't read the article <laughs> I I did I breezed through it I did breeze through the article okay. but but I, I was more or less looking at what they were talking about for examples I wanted to get to those parts and so they did make some some interesting points in there uh, mostly about like The Last of Us Bioshock uh, Outer Wilds Gone Home those were some uh, good ones and uh, I have to say, like, you know, I'm familiar with these games. I understand what they're probably talking about. But I was uh, kind of wondering about your point of view about what happens when you put horror into what you would consider a non-horror game. Should we define that better? Or Yeah, we should totally define that better. Okay, let's see okay. if we can define the difference between a horror game and a game with horror elements. Perfect. Okay, I would say the difference here is... A horror game is a game that relies specifically on horror for the game to function properly. Okay. Uh, with Without a horror element, the game doesn't work correctly. I would say that a game with horror elements is, is like a, a game that works in normal fashion but uses a horror element at certain points but isn't really focused on it. It's not, like, it doesn't need to use it. It's not going to make or break the game because that's not thematically necessary for it. Would you would you agree with that, or would you like to try and define that a little better? I would tend to agree with that. Uh, the, the iffy one there is the horror games, uh, in a lot of cases, could still function without the horror elements, I want to say, depending on the game. Okay. Um, I think the bulk of the experience comes from those horror elements, however. Right, right. Especially when it comes to things that are story-driven. I, I think that you can have story-driven games that use some horror elements in it, 
but aren't really focused on it. But then there are ones where if there was not a horrific narrative to it or a tent or a scary nature to it, the game just would not really function properly. It wouldn't right. work. Uh, so the the examples that they gave, like Gone Home, there's there's a good example of that. That is a walking simulator. It, it is there for you to go around a house that is kind of dark. It's it's your parents' house. They just moved there. There's moving boxes all over the place. You don't know what happened to your sister. You're trying to figure that out. And the house is completely dark, and you're kind of going around, turning on the lights and finding out why the generator's not running, and there's, you know, creaks in the, this house and everything. And then, of course, the very, very terrifying cat video. People who know know that that's the biggest jump scare in the entire thing. You can um, throw, like, a little foam ball into one of those, you know, a door... Uh, basketball nets that you put over the thing and when you make the when you make the basket a cat video on the television just comes on out of nowhere okay <laughs> it makes no sense because it does it because there's like a there's like a cognitive thing where it's like this doesn't cause this to happen and the rest of the game does um but uh but yeah there, that's like the one straight up scary thing but the idea of going around the house in this dark and creaky old setting that was your uncle's house and what happens in the back doors and stuff like that. That has horror elements to it, but it is not the focus of the game. The focus of the game is to try and figure out what happened to your sister and find out her story, basically. Right. It uses the environment to enhance that as a horror element, I believe. It's it's kind of the vibe I'm getting from that. Let me put it to you this way. If you were to take the story just by itself, without any of the graphic elements, and they explain the story to you, it would not seem horrific at all. Right. If you had the house and it was all well lit, and it didn't creak, and you took out those ambient sounds, it would be like, okay. Yeah. The story still works. The whole story still works. The characters still work. Everything still works. But, uh, by adding in the fact that it is this house that you are all alone in, that is this very large old house that obviously has a lot of history to it that your family had just moved into, Um, it adds this tension that there could be anything around the corner. Um, And so that does enhance the game uh, by giving it a completely different tone, even though the story doesn't necessarily rely on that. The other example, so Last of Us, uh, you might not be familiar with Last of Us, but I have played it. Fairly familiar. Never played it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know the concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, Cordyceps. Cordyceps. Yeah, exactly. What if the world fell because of an outbreak of a uh, mycelial fungus? Basically, <laughs> actually terrifying. One of the things is that that's pretty much a, an an action game. Like you don't really need horror elements for that to work. When you get down into like cellars and sewers where the clickers are that will, like, like insta-kill you if, if you make too much noise around them, there's an automatic tension. By creating that automatic tension, it makes you rethink even the way you're playing those sections, as opposed to, like, uh, if you're dealing with raiders or scavengers or something like that out in the wilds. Because a lot of those times, you'll just be straight up, you know, in, in shootouts and stuff and just dodging around and hiding behind your... your uh, waist-high cover. When you get into those sections, though, all of a sudden, it becomes a hide-and-seek game. <laughs> right. 
you have to change your entire way of, of uh, playing. Um, I wouldn't say the entire game is like that, but uh, certain sections are. And then, then the other one that they talk about a lot is Bioshock, which thematically, again, the way the world of Rapture is put out there is claustrophobic. There's always water coming in the entire time you're going through that underwater city. There are dangers around every corner. There are multiple ways you can approach different scenarios. When you get there, you're, you're not particularly powerful for the majority of the game. And I wouldn't necessarily call any of that horror element, though. Okay. Maybe the claustrophobia. Maybe the claustrophobia. I always figure that if you're underpowered in a lot of games, though, it's a little bit... It, it makes it a little scarier. Suspenseful intention, maybe, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it horror. Okay. I wouldn't say that makes it a horrifying or terrifying experience. Hmm. Okay. Just like I wouldn't necessarily call Dark Souls any sort of terror or horror type of, uh, of game. No, it's I would just say it just ramps the tension up. <laughs> yeah, just annoying. <laughs> it just, it just kind of ramps that tension up because right. you, um, need to take the pacing and stuff at a different way than you might normally. Right. I mean, tension is a good way to create fear, or at least to be sure. a starting point for it. Um, but tension doesn't always equate to fear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, Bioshock, though, is also one of those games where if you took out the claustrophobic atmosphere and everything like that, the game and the storyline still functions. Yeah. I, th I think for, like... Bioshock, the creep factor would come from like the little sisters and, and the big that daddies. type of stuff. Yeah. And the big daddies. Um, and probably more the story elements than the environmental elements for mm -hmm. that, aside from the claustrophobia. Yeah. Which again is, is not necessarily horror, but it is in indicative of a putting you in a space that makes you feel that tension more. Right. There are um, some characters in Bioshock, though, I will say, that uh, will absolutely terrify you. <laughs> sure, absolutely. There, there are um, and I was uh, telling you before we recorded, um, the channel Inside of Mind did a great video, at least one, on uh, There's Something in the Sea, which is, uh, I believe, an ARG or promotional tie-in to uh, Bioshock. Okay. I think Bioshock 2. Um, where it's got this whole story uh, of events going on. Um, I won't spoil it for you, but the guy's looking for his daughter that was stolen. Mm-hmm. And has to do with some of the scientists and all that stuff. Um, but that one, the video he did is really good, and it explains it in really good detail for those of you, uh, us, who did not know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I sent Nathan a link. If people want a link, uh, we could probably throw one in our video description as well for yeah. this segment. Sure. Um, it's a good video, um, and it does. It definitely sets the stage a lot more as well. It's that that setup to the game that yeah. actually would add a lot of that, not classic horror, but a lot of that tension and expectation. Ironically... Is this a spoiler? I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I, no, what I'd say is thematically, if you look at like all of the Bioshock games, Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite, there usually is some kind of an element of a father trying to find his 
child. There's some of it in there, uh, sometimes more directly in few of them than others. That's, that's a big theme, which by the time you get to the end of Infinite starts to maybe make a little bit more sense, but that's a whole other discussion for people who have never played Infinite. Not going to ruin it for you. Just go play the game. I'm still a stand for, for uh, Infinite, though. I, I know there were people that really liked the first game and didn't like Infinite, and I don't, I don't understand you. <laughs> I don't understand you. On the one hand, though, since we're on this topic, Infinite does not really have horror themes for the majority of the time that you are playing. Wasn't Infinite a lot brighter? Oh, yes. As the colors, as color schemes and everything? Columbia is completely different than Rapture because it's a city in the sky. It's not a city under the sea. It's not a rundown city underwater. It's a rundown city in the sky and on floating right. platforms. Yeah, it's a lot less terrifying when you're when you don't have to think about all the pressure that's coming down on you. Yeah, but see, as the game goes on and the storms start to become more relevant, like you get into stormy weather toward the end, all of a sudden now now it starts to feel a little bit more serious. But there are a few places where they're almost like wraiths or specters come into play that gets a lot more tense. There you go. Uh, than that. And then they uh, they also mentioned Outer Wilds, which um, also got bored. <laughs> Just going to continue. Sorry, but I know there's a lot of people that love Outer Wilds. I understand the reason it was not for me. But there is one planet where you go into like this the middle of the planet there's all kinds of thorns and stuff and like this giant angler fish just comes out of nowhere and just eats you and then it starts your time loop over again there you go that's usually what they're talking about with terrify kind of comes out of nowhere there are a few sections where it's kind of like mm, this is a weird place again from a narrative thematic you didn't really necessarily need it. Um, all the clues and, and the, you know, the stuff that you, you explore tells that tale just fine if you didn't get scared by it. But it puts you into that state of tension to also keep you awake and engaged the entire time. Which apparently time. didn't work for you. It did not work for me, no, sorry. <laughs> I always feel like there is a certain engagement when you have a tense experience with something in a way that, uh, you know, just informationally, it would not work. Yeah, because, like, you can you can tell all these stories where it's just uh, informational, like, yeah, and uh, then the, uh, the cordyceps got into everybody's heads, and some of them click a lot, and they'll kill you instantaneously, yada, 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 we need to get something out of your head in order to save the human race, so gonna get, gonna get that done. But if you don't have the, the tense elements of that, it feels like a laundry list, a PowerPoint presentation of sorts. <laughs> I think a PowerPoint list would be a far more terrifying game than some of these ones. Especially if they tell you that it's like, a, the, the, these are 100 strategies to figure out, like, uh, which bread works best with your caviar or something. <laughs> so I don't think you have bread with caviar, do you? I think it's crackers. Maybe you have crackers. I don't know. Are crackers a bread? Cra Who cares? Are crackers Anyways. a bread? We have to stop making everything food-themed. I don't know how we do this. The last episode was all food-themed. It was all food all the time. And it was delicious. It was, oh, it's so good. Mmm, cobalts. Anyway. That, that, that thumbnail for the ham sandwich one? On point. On point. Beautiful. On point. There was one, though, that stuck in my head when the 
phrase, yeah, stuck in my head, which is also terrifying. You don't want to go in there. It's terrifying. When we get to uh, horror and non-horror games, which was New Vegas, um, all the Fallout games do have parts in them where it can get a little bit scary, like the Dunwich building in Fallout 3 or uh, like the, the Salem Witch Museum in, in 4. Uh, they, they usually have something. But New Vegas was the one that actually had a, an entire DLC <laughs> that straight up turned the game into a horror survival. And that was Dead Money. It was the first yeah. one that they released. Um, I don't know if you ever played it. No. But I, I didn't. I've it. heard about it. I know about it. I've seen people play it. Yep. And it's it's uh, it not, not even the best of the DLCs, in my opinion. But... Uh, I did appreciate it for the fact that it made that complete tonal change. Yeah. And keeps you there. Keeps you at the Sierra Madre for the entire time that you're playing. You can't leave. This is, you're there. Well, you can leave. Well, yeah, but it, you, it's game over. But you wouldn't survive. You wouldn't survive. You would, you would explode. You would explode. Yeah, the whole idea behind that, in case anyone hasn't played it, um, I've played it enough times I can probably tell you the general theme, is uh, you get snatched up from the Mojave. Uh, this character called Father Elijah needs some um, unwilling volunteers to break into the Sierra Madre and get all of its treasures. The Sierra Madre can see there. So in order to uh, make that happen, you and three other... Uh, very unfortunate participants get bomb collars strapped to you uh, so that you have to do what Father Elijah wants you to and to make that even worse there are all of these um, God, what did they call them were they the shadow people uh, they they had gas masks on there and, and they have like bear traps on their fists and they basically just want to kill you there's a, a smog around the entire place a red mist that will eat your health away immediately when you enter into those, the, the cloud. Um, and uh, also any electronic interference will start your bomb collar ticking. Nice. So there's that. So if you have a radio that's on over in the corner, you have a limited amount of time to either get past it or go and turn off that radio before again, tick, tick, boom. And your head leaves your body by unwilling methodology. And that's unfortunate. That is the entire DLC. It's just that. They drop you in. You hardly have any weapons to your name. Uh, very limited ammunition. Everybody wants to kill you. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's straight up a horror survival game at that point. Uh, right up until the end. That, I have to be honest with you, narratively didn't need any of that in order for it to tell the basic story. Right. But the story would have kind of been boring as hell because the story then basically becomes about this guy who's fanatical about getting into this vault that no one was really supposed to get into. Yeah. And in, in order to essentially begin again or recapture something and that he's never going to recapture. Not a very strong theme without the actual tension of what they set up there. Uh, right. so, so there is that. 
Um, do you know of any games or have you played any games where there might have been either intentional or unintentional horror themes when otherwise there wouldn't be? Not as much. Horror is not really a thing I play too often. Like, I would say DDLC, but again, that is a psychological horror game as much as you hated it. Uh, <laughs> as much as I knew that those elements were already there, without those elements, it wouldn't have been the same story. No. It wouldn't have been the same game at all. No. So for what it was, it did a really good job. The delivery wasn't the best because it required you to do things that were unintuitive. Right. Um, for a lot of people. But again, I don't I don't really do a lot of horror so much. Uh, I want to look right. through my games. Sure. And they're really quick. Yeah. While you're doing that, too, I, I will say that, like, DDLC is an example of, like, I, I would say a straight-up horror game because it really does need that in order for it to function properly. Yeah, it, it's straight-up psychological horror. Yeah. It, it's disguised as a game that's not, though, which is a, a good twist. Yeah. I still, on, lo on the I still love the fact that Yahtzee's uh, comment on it was that it is free and that's probably the best price for it. <laughs> it did DDLC Plus that's like 15 bucks. Oh, okay. So um, maybe that would be... But the reason he said that was uh, because chances are most of the people that played it thinking that it was a straight-up dating sim would want their money back anyway. <laughs> maybe. Um, maybe. I think one game I've got that would do so well so so well with horror elements in it it's actually the hunter called the wild yeah we were discussing like if that was cryptids or something like that you know um crave and i have discussed and i think they occasionally do halloween themed stuff mm. uh maybe allegedly it might be on the classic one uh i haven't seen anything about it i've been trying to keep an eye out because if they do a halloween event I want to play it. Oh, yeah. But the game, you know, I've talked about it a couple times. It's a hunting game. And it's got the open world environment where you can explore all of the entire map, wherever you want. It's got all the animals. It's nothing really creepy about it. But at night, it's, again, environmental. Yeah. So you're walking through the woods at night. And it's like, can you imagine if there's, like, a skinwalker in that game? Yeah. And, like, you just kind of hear, like, occasionally you'll hear, hear growls or howls of wolves and stuff like that from the, the pumas or oh, yeah. the lions. And you'll hear that stuff and the bears and you'll hear their sounds. Sure. So you're hearing all the animal sounds in your in your headphones. Yep. Um, Just imagine, like, low growl of, like, a skinwalker. Mm-hmm. And then, like, not expecting it and suddenly you're getting charged by, like some cryptid mm -hmm. with like the head of a, a, the skull face of a deer and these black pits of eyes and these giant talons like that'd be utterly terrifying oh yeah absolutely like i would love that though like i would be terrified <laughs> oh yeah it would be it would be a terrifying experience um i uh you know i've played my fair share of the hunter uh, no, you too. okay, no, you I, not not by comparison, <laughs> no, <laughs> not by comparison, not not by comparison. Sort of like Elite Dangerous, I have played it, but not nearly as much as you. You've played how many hours? Let's see, how many? 
Oh, you've played 7.4 hours of The Hunter. Yeah, I played best. That's not a fair amount, Nathan. That's that's nothing. I've got 240 hours more. <laughs> seven, seven and a half hours is like, what, 40 hours in cat years or something? Yeah, I've got 247 hours in The Hunter. That's, that's a lot. I don't know. Medieval Dynasty is one of those uh, games, though, where I can get out a bow and I can, like, kill a bison in about three hits, so... <laughs> Perfect. Not does it, and they kind of just like walk around and wait for you to shoot them most of the time <laughs> until you do, and then they run away. Hey, I mean, I've definitely killed a bison in one shot in a hunter. Oh, that's good. That's I think I used a bow for Are that you? one. Oh yeah, good times. I was never good with the bow in hunter. The bow is so good. Anyways, <laughs> but that's regardless. But hey, you know the bow would be really good to hunt cryptids. That would be wonderful. We could go out and. Get a skinwalker or a wendigo. I think um, you need silver arrows for that. I know it's werewolves, but I feel like they would function on the same rules. I mean, on on that note, another side note. This this is something I always wondered about with the lore of the Witcher, is that there's two swords, right? There's there's steel for humans and silver for monsters. Yep. Why wouldn't you just have a silver sword? It will work for people too. You could just use the silver sword for everything. I don't know, silver's a softer material than steel, so I imagine... I figure anything that kills a monster, for most parts... Yeah, but monsters don't usually wear armor, so maybe that's it? Maybe maybe that's it? I don't know. I mean, a laser, laser sword for everything. You can kill everything with a laser. Except for a mirror. Yeah, can't kill mirrors with lasers. But your optometrist will probably thank you. Why don't we just call them LASIK swords? Oh my goodness, I would love to have a LASIK sword. <laughs> you shine it. The only sword where if you get poked in the eye, it improves your vision. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we got off topic again. Do but... we ever stay on topic? Nope. No, I would say that uh, adding tension to games, just, uh, just tension as a general rule, doesn't have to be horror, so to speak. But depending on what your narrative is, can be a very effective tool at enhancing the story, even if it's not really reliant on it. Yeah, absolutely. Tension is a hell of a drug. That's got to be a song, right? It's now the title of the episode. Tension is a hell of a drug. That's right. I don't know. I think LASIK sort is. <laughs> Sorry. Tension is a heck of a drug. Is a heck of a drug. A hexagon of a drug. That has been a very spooky episode. Very of tense. The show. Very tense. Very tense. The we're we're incredibly tense to listen to, and you know I think we're joining a, a Roblox cult soon. Yeah, I would like to smash my face into human flesh to cannibalize it, allegedly. <laughs> and it doesn't. It looks perfectly fine. Everybody, it's it's great. Uh, be sure to uh, to check us out on all of the socials just so that you can see when we uh, join those cults and which one we just determine. I don't think, though, that we're going to only because it would mean we'd have to play Roblox. Yeah, no, I'm not into that. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. We'd join your cult, but then we'd have to, to play Roblox. We'll just make the cult of Pebbles knockdown. Yeah. 
You know no, what? You, we're not making a cult. No, we're not. No, no. It's not tax exempt. <laughs> <laughs> not until you get big enough. Right. Yeah. To head this all off is that if you're going to create a cult, create it in a game that you already play. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you don't create it in a game that you have to join specifically for. Uh, not going to do that. Alex, if folks would like to uh, join a not very successful cult known as Total Pebble Knockdown, where could they go on the internet? You can go to TotalPebbleKnockdown.com, where there are no cult iconographies anywhere to be found. That is uh, accurate. I guess what we can say, the best tagline, a cult-free website. <laughs> Dig it. It's going to go up on the website. Yep cult-free website well except for this one segment where we were discussing it but that does not yeah, endorse yeah, yeah. it <laughs> at all yeah you can find more episodes of the show you can find uh some of our live streams i believe are up there we have some other content coming out soon uh and uh hopefully we're going to be doing some interviews up there as well when you go check out our patreon we have additional bonus videos we have full episodes as videos up there as well if you want to check all of that out you can also hit us up either on our discord channel which is a public discord it's easy to find uh and make sure to check us out on the youtube channel for the individual video segments so you can get yes. in bite-sized pieces if you would like it that way human flesh chunk sized pieces yes if you want human flesh sized pieces of total pebble knockdown uh, total people, uh, crunch down. Toast. Anyways. Toast pebble. No, I, I'm, I'm trying to think how we can. Toast point knockdown. <laughs> toast point and kale. That sounds terrible. That's, that's, that's not a BLT. No, it's a TPK. Yeah. Toast points and kale is not a good sandwich. You don't want that. So you can find us on all of those places and there are links down below. With that, I think we are going to see if we can shout a uh, long horse into the into the mirror five times. I don't even know how long horse works. I don't know. Apparently, it's red rum rules. Is it? It every, now it is. everything is Candyman, Beetlejuice, everything. I don't know. Um, that's the power of threes, Nathan. That's why we've got three segments in this video. That's right. You have three segments in the video. You have three people that can fit on Long Horse. I I keep thinking that the reason, the only reason they made Long Horse is because a lot of people said there aren't enough horses for people to ride on. We should just make a really long horse so that I we can it. fit as many people as we possibly can on the back of. But I'm pretty sure that Man. Long Horse won't let you ride it. No. That's I the know. that's the scary part. You want to yeah. ride Long Horse, but you cannot we've been stands for the cute shy uwu cult and, and it was horrible my god <laughs> thanks for watching this episode of total pebble lockdown uwu edition one day i'm gonna figure out what that even means you don't thank, want to thank you for <laughs> all sorts of new terms Oh my goodness. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you on the next one. Goodbye for eternity. I believe it's, we'll see you in the next one. Total Pebble Knockdown of Murder. Yeah. We'll Perfect. go with, we'll go with yours. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
Okay, so here's what we are are doing for the subjects. For spooky. Spooky subjects. Um, I have a... Let's see. What were we doing? Now I have to remember. Oh, right. Uh, we'll do a Discord discussion about the Roblox cults. Because it, otherwise it's going to be forever before we actually do a Friday feature. <laughs> yeah. And I've already done way more more research into it than I ever wanted to, so... <laughs> and would like to stop. <laughs> Fair enough. 